1: Enacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself?
0: All right.
1: Well, of course he wants to change. The real question is, does he know how to do that? You know, does he understand about the 10 recovery tools? Does he realize that if he follows a protocol, to fight this addiction, then he will have a whole committee and gosh, just a whole arsenal of tools to fight addiction. This is not something he can do on his own. Now, I'm saying that and I know that there are addicts that listen to the show, there are partners that listen to the show, and there are couples that listen to the show. And What I know to be true is that it is for you to have support from whoever you can get that support from. If you are a single man or woman, you've got to find it in your group. Find it in your fellowship. Find it wherever you can get good, healthy advice. You know, do the work. Get a sponsor or a mentor. Read the book. Do the 12 steps or the integrity work. And and create fellowships so that you're not alone. And then, of course, I'm a big believer in going to a specialist. Other people will not know how to help you. They just won't. Don't waste your time and your money. Get yourself to a CSAT certified sex addictions therapist. And in addition to that, get yourself to a group that's run by a CSAT for sex addicts. Pray, meditate, and journal. Read books so that you will understand that this is a part of your brain. And last but not least, accountability tools. I had a client say today, You know, I'm going to a lot of groups. I'm going to integrity groups through my church. I'm going to SA in the community, and nobody's talking about this being a brain disorder. And I say, I know, I am so sorry about that. They don't stress the importance of understanding how the brain works. I mean, if you have a pornography problem, you've got to get yourself to some educational tools that will teach you about what you fire together, wires together. Gary Wilson, God bless his soul, did your brain on porn and did a beautiful job of creating, wow, creating really helpful information from a neurobiological standpoint on what pornography does to the brain. If you're bored and you want to see my newest animation, it's on uh, the brain science of sex addiction. Now I do tend to uh, create I did create that video based on how it affects your partnership. But I also talk about the fact that sex addiction probably started way before you were in relationship with anybody else and certainly in relationship with your wife or um your wife, your girlfriend, whoever that is. And so I want you to know and understand how that brain of yours works. And then you've got to get with professionals who are dedicated to this field. I've got two coming on the show today. Tony Blevins and his wife Rebecca. And they are they have made it their mission to help the addict and the partner understand what is going on within them and what they can do to get clean and healthy. And so I want to introduce them to you right now to Sex Help with Carol, the coach. Tony and Rebecca, thanks for joining the show. Feeling they can't hear. They can't hear yet. So while they get adjusted, they're going to be actually talking to you about their coaching practice and, well, Tony's two-fold mission to helping men with the battle. And then, in addition to that, what, what they're going to work real hard at is helping you to understand how they work as a team to help women. Okay. So now the truth is, this is a tough It really, really is. And we need all the specialists we can get in the field. And so one of the things that I know, one of the things I know is that when you've got specialists, it makes it so much easier. So the truth is you really have to make it work. Yes. You've got to take an active, aggressive stance in your treatment. I know you can do that. I absolutely know you can do that. So that being said, we're really going to we're going to talk to some people that have made it their own and they put a website together, they've listed resources for you. And um Rebecca, can you hear me now? Yes, we he can hear you. Hello, Carol. Hello there. I'm so happy to be with you because what I one thing I know is that it is imperative for our listening audience to get help to understand that you know, they can, you cannot do this on your own. You have to have specialists that can help. So, that being said, I want to thank you for volunteering and asking me about my resources because you do want people all over the world to know where they can
0: go for good health would you would you say that's pretty accurate absolutely yes um you've been, your work has been so important in our own healing and it it's just it's really hit the mark for us
2: and you are oh, thank. You spoken to us, but, you know, we feel like we've known you for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Your your book, Help Her Heal, has been critical for our recovery, yes. and and I just want to affirm that what you do for thousands of people, um, especially for us, is is so meaningful because it has turned my life around. So thank you, Carol, from oh. the bottom of my heart.
1: Well, thank you guys for noticing and appreciating the work, because I'll tell you what, when I started working with addicts, before I even started working with partners, addicts didn't know how to help their wives. They were in such a shame state, and since their tail was tucked between their legs and they were spiraling into shame, they didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to help. So that book really helped to slow it down for them. And I might add, Tony, well, and Rebecca, (laughs) um, I I have a course on my website for professionals, uh, four hours to learn how I teach Help help Her Heal to groups, and then you get my PowerPoint and all sorts of special things um, so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So you might take a look at that sometime I'd love to have you on the helper Heal team. And, Rebecca, I know you don't really work with men, but we do have a lot of recovery coaches that are women that are going to be running those groups. So I do say it's my opinion that you can't put men and women in those groups together because it's so activating for the partner.
0: What do you guys think? No, I, I agree. I think that, you know, having it, it separate is, is is important for me, you know, as far as, as a wife, you know, I would not want him to be, you know, facilitating meetings like that for, for women, and I think he would not want to... And it's not good to put
2: men in a place where it's triggering for them either. So it's uh, it's important to work on them separately.
1: Yeah, I've always felt that way, and I know that Female sex addicts will say, well, there aren't enough resources for us. Mm -hmm. And I say, then let me help develop some for you (laughs) because there should be. And if there aren't, let's build that up for them too. But in the meantime, what I know is that it's very triggering for a wife to have male and female sex addicts in the same group. This is not the same thing as Alcoholics Anonymous, or mm-hmm. narcotics anonymous. This is that relational violation in a marriage that's occurred. So we got to keep that as safe as possible. Now that being said, let me ask you guys: How did you get started? You, you obviously Tony had your own recovery, and and tell tell us a story about Tony and Rebecca.
2: <laughs> how far back are we going, Carmen? <laughs> Far
1: back as
2: you want to go. Well, I tell you what. Let's let's start with the recovery journey. Sure. Okay. Sure. My, uh, my recovery journey. I mark it on my 50th birth because mm. you know, five decades old, and I was depressed. Uh, I'm sure I was clinically depressed, uh, miserable, um, ashamed, um, unworthy. You know, all of the classic traits of a sex addict. And I just spent time praying to God that I don't want to die this way. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had convinced myself I was going to die alone, um, unloved, un, unhappy. I, it's just mm-hmm. part of the trait of a sex addict. But I didn't want to die this way. I really wanted to be healed. And I had tried so many times to do it myself, doing it in secret uh, because I didn't want it to get out, but trying so many times to do it myself and failing every time. And each time I failed, I was even more ashamed and more miserable. So it was just circling uh-huh. the drain. And so I prayed to God. I was like, I, I don't want to die this way. And I remember asking, and if it's at all possible, could, could you fix me without anybody knowing?
1: <laughs> Including well, answer, your wife?
2: Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's the fear of the stigma that that keeps men in the shadows, and, um, and it keeps that shame cycle going. And God answered my prayer uh, two months later, uh, but he wasn't at all interested in uh, keeping it a secret. Because he knew what I didn't is the way to healing is connection, uh, because this is an intimacy disorder. He, you, you cannot be healed unless you learn how to have relationships. And so um, that's when my recovery began. Um, and I, I was in – we have a great community, uh, a 12-step Christian community here in Birmingham. And I was attending meetings, and there was a point in time where we were just talking to the other men And there was a lot of frustration in the fact that they either could not find counselors available, or if they did have a counselor, uh, they were booked. And so here you have men that were doing the steps. They were doing the work, but, of course, the critical part of it is being in counseling. And they just could not find anyone available. And so this was a period of time where I was uh, working, but I wasn't happy. It was also an unhealthy environment for me. And so I had a talk with my wife and said, you know, I think I can make a difference here. Uh, there is a gap between uh, supply and demand as far as, you know, counseling and, and sex addicts. And I had, I had been a sponsor, I've been an accountability partner, and I had actually volunteered for several intensives. I knew that it was something that I was able to do was to sit with men in their worst places and be able to empathize with them and share their story and make them comfortable so that they can open up. It is something that I was able to do. And so I said, I want, I thought if I just do this full time, I know I'm going to get, need to get trained to be a coach. Uh, so we talked about it. I got some more advice from people that I respect in the community, and they said, go for it. You'd be great at it. And so I started my journey. and I started training to be a coach, and we decided that we wanted to start um, a coaching practice that was online that will grow over time, and that's where we are today.
1: Wow. And so because I work with so many couples, I have to ask Rebecca, when he turned 50 and he just had that realization he couldn't keep doing this, how long did you struggle with his addiction? We do. Oh, Did you know about it all along? Or?
0: I think we, you know, like you say in your book, that Unleashing your power. Um, we have that that gut feeling, but mm-hmm. living with an addict, you're gonna you're gonna be gaslit. You know, you're, they're gonna do whatever they can to protect their secret. Mm-hmm. And so I had, you know, tremendous doubt in my. Self, you know, and I would question him about things, and he's like, No, I wasn't doing, or, you know, like I would feel like I was crazy. And so, I'm so sorry, I forgot your question, <laughs> but um, that was a life but, yes, um, but uh, it took a while for me to start building that trust and and learning that my gut feeling was right. But honestly, at the point when I confronted him, you know, right after he turned 50 at that point we had been married twenty eight years. I'm like, I'm just done, you know? And I'm just I like I can't continue this anymore with you. Like I this feeling, but I couldn't describe it because I was just in such a disassociated state. Like I you know, but it it did take me a while, um, to, to build that trust and he's been in great recovery. He's been doing you know he's doing the work and that motivates me to do the work. Because I know a lot of wives out there, they're like, that's his problem. Like, I don't have the problem. It's him. But it is a relational problem, you know, and, and I'm, I'm proud of the work that he's doing. You know, we work on the ourselves, our, our relationship, and individually, we do it every day. We make it a point to continue our recovery.
1: That is wonderful, and, and you can tell that the two of you, are healing relationally. And it's a process. I mean, marriage is hard. And it's the institution that holds you together when you kind of fall in and out of love with each other. And now that Tony is in recovery, I mean, it's almost like you have a brand-new marriage, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't talk about his recovery. I talk about ours because in this journey, I've been able to find myself because, you know, just childhood experiences. I grew up learning to be a people pleaser, so that's how I survived in you know unhealthy situations. And people pleasers, they don't know what they like, they don't know what they feel. They just want everybody around them to be happy, and if they're happy, then I'm happy. I don't know how many times I've said that in my life, but but this, I feel like I'm getting to recover myself because. I I I think you know what do I want? What is important to me and what is important to us? And and it is to me it's a beautiful journey to that I like it's pain and it's tragic and it and it is not something I would wish on any couple at all ever. But if you have the opportunity to do the work and recover yourself, you know it is true recovery for me as well as him.
1: I get that. So Tony, continue on with your story. I mean, you thought maybe I can do recovery coaching, and how long did that take you?
2: From the point that I wanted, that I made a decision. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I think that was a March timeframe, and so uh, it didn't take me long to to turn in my uh, my paperwork to, okay. <laughs> to stop working at my my present job and just kind of go head on into uh, training. Um, I started out uh, doing some research, and I found the uh, uh, American Association of Christian Counselors. Uh, they have a great mental health coaching program, and I jumped on that opportunity and followed that with um, the uh, Certified Professional Recovery Coach's uh, uh, credential offered by a- IAPRC, International Association, mm-hmm. Association of Professional Recovery. That's a lot of words, International Association of Professional recovery coaches. <laughs> it, it's hard getting all that out. It is a lot of work, <laughs> right? I don't
0: know how you do it. And that was
2: my introduction into uh, actual recovery coaching with addiction, and um, and then I began the program with Doug Weiss, and he had the coaching program for sex addiction recovery, and I've done all the academics for that. I'm just in the supervision period. So um, altogether, I'd say it was probably about six months, seven months' worth of uh, training to get us on board. And then, of course, you've got all of the, uh, uh, the business details and everything that goes along with that. And you know, that's how it worked out.
1: Okay, so now you started this practice, and you said that you wanted it to be online. And if, right. if you could, because, I mean, obviously, you have to be organized. You have to be organized to know what you want for the people that you work with. And so you started Oak Mountain Coaching and developed this website filled with resources. I looked at it yesterday, filled with resources. Um, and do you provide groups? Do you provide individual coaching? I know you do motivational interviewing. Tell our tell our. Listening audience well,
2: about that. Well, right now I'm doing individual one-on-one coaching. The thing that I notice, at least in this area, is because Central Alabama, it can be rural uh, outside of Birmingham, is not everyone can make it to individual counseling or coaching. Uh, but most everyone has a phone or a computer and the internet, so it extends the reach. It, it extends the helpline. And that was the reason I wanted to go in that direction. I wanted to be able to go to where men are. If they can't come to the city, then I can get to them. And so that was the approach there. And I have to tell you, Carol, I was uh, I was on your website was yesterday or the day before, and I saw that uh, the uh, the training that you were talking about, helper healing everything. I had already talked to, to Rebecca about doing that. <laughs> because I I have to say that. When the men that I meet, the um, they work the program, they they do the work, they do the steps, uh, they participate in community, but very often what I see is that when they relapse, when they stumble, what they're they're missing something in in those programs, and the thing is the relational piece of it, and that's why I think that the ERCA model is is exactly true. We've lived it. Um, it's if, if this is a relational disorder, that's what it is, and you're not working on building relational skills, you're going to fall backwards at some point. And I've met men who've been sober for a year and then relapse. And it is crippling because it takes their spouse by surprise. It takes them by surprise, and they don't understand why it happened. And if you sit there and you talk to them, they they don't have well, I, I say they don't have the relationship with their wife like I have a relationship with mine. You know, well, we Rebecca and I, we check in with each other twice a day, mornings and evenings. And I'm at uh-huh. a point. I, I've learned I've learned these uh, these empathy skills. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> <you for> <laughs> I've learned these empathy skills to to recognize the emotions and the feelings that are going on inside of me. I never had that before. You know, it's the irony is I I remember many times talking to my counselor and he'd ask you the typical ask me the typical questions of, you know, how does it make you feel inside? Oh, well, I'm good. No, I'm fine. You know, it, it's the standard response. And you know, if I had a nickel for every time I was good or fine, I'd be a millionaire by now. Uh, But the fact is I'm just now learning those skills on how to relate to myself and understand what I'm feeling and what I'm going through and share that with my wife so that we can work together on our relationship. And so this all goes back to recognizing that that tends to be the missing piece in many men's recovery. And so if I can – if I can share that with them, if I can get them to start working a program that is uh, under a relational construct, they're going to be doing a much better job of working through their own sobriety.
1: Well, And you know, one of the things that couples have been told forever, from 12-step groups, 12-step groups have a lot of gifts to give men and women. But when they say things like, you stay on your side of the street, she'll stay on hers, and after you get healthy, you can come together, and, and that is downright abuse and neglect. And they, they were doing something that worked in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, but it doesn't work with sex addiction because sex addiction is sobriety, individual, and relational the coupleship. that is if you're in a couple. We know that not everybody's in a couple, but certainly it was such an injustice, and it was so unfair to her, and um, I'm so glad that you figured out that relational piece so quickly. And that's why I I said, you know, I've read and his intimacy, anorexia, these guys don't know how to have relationships. You have to spoon feed it, and that's what helped her heal was attempted to do.
2: I would agree with you with the 12 steps. I am a 12-step graduate, and and I'm always working on the 10th step every day. So I've worked the program, Mm I've worked the process. I understand that it is a process of repentance. And after the end of it, I had a renewal of my relationship with God. And I um, make amends to everyone I have wronged, including my wife. But nowhere in there, the bulk gets dropped afterwards. It's like, okay, well, now you've made amends. Now you need to start working on learning how to have real relationships. Okay, (laughs) you've made all these amends, and that's good, and and you've got a new relationship with God exactly where you need to be. You're on the right track, and then we stop, as if there's a stop sign. No, there's more. Um, You got here, or I should say I got here because I have a relational disorder. And until someone teaches me how to have proper relationships, I always risk falling backwards. And so I agree <laughs> with you 100% on the program.
1: Well, and have you read Help Them Heal, which talks mm-hmm. about doing re- that together?
2: We're reading it right now, Carol. <laughs> All
1: right. Wonderful. So now... You do coaching using a motivational interview style. (laughs) Excuse me. Tell us about that.
2: Well, motivational interviewing is a technique developed by William Miller, Stages of Change. And the way I address it with sex addicts is I believe men have it within themselves to change. Their addiction. Now, I'm not saying that they do it and God doesn't. What I mean is, a lot of times, for instance, um, they have a barrier to surrender um, for whatever reason. Maybe they can't bring themselves to surrender. So they and you have to surrender in order to get through the steps, obviously. And so, motivational interviewing is a process where I engage with someone at their level. And we talk about um, what is their motivation, what are they trying to change, what are their goals, and what's impeding that process. And more importantly, let's look at what you're doing and how it's not helping because a lot of time what they really need is just some objective reflection. And when they can talk to someone about their problem, which you, which you just don't call – you don't you know, grab someone on the side of the street and say, hey, I'm a sex addict, and uh, I need some advice that That's not going to happen they need to talk they need to talk to someone who's walked in their shoes who can empathize with them and sit in their story and not be afraid of it, and then be able mm-hmm. to do some constructive reflective listening and then offer some advice and get them to to learn that we need to build new structures in our life so that we can find the sobriety that we're looking for because the way i approach the way I approach it is is more holistically. Um, Since addiction attacks us at all levels, we have to defend ourselves on all levels. And so I talk to, to my clients about their mental health, their physical health, their emotional health, their spiritual health, and their social health. The last one being extremely important because that's the one where their relational connection comes in. And when we look at their life in that perspective, when we put all of those five aspects of life in order and build the structure to support it and then build goals and move in that way, they have a much better chance of maintaining sobriety in their recovery.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because in Help Them Heal, I talk about six fears and Mm. the sixth one is living. I talk about the physical health the emotional health, the social health, the intellectual health, um, the spiritual health, and then the purposeful health. And you, you know that a lot of these guys, they don't know what their purpose is. They're trying to get by one day at a time to get sober. But truly, the two of you have really figured out how to give back and how to find purpose out of something that just could have devastated you 100%. Um, if you would, tell our listening audience how people can get a hold of both of you. Right. You want
0: to go first?
2: Oh. Well, the best way is to go to our website. It's uh, com, And from there, um, uh, we have a contact page where you can reach us and The way I set it up was for, obviously, I had to to approach this in a way where there are going to be some men—I should say a lot of men—that are sitting on the fence. Um, They are in a place where they know they have a serious problem. They're on the edge because it's in danger of being um, discovered, and internally they feel like their world is getting ready to fall apart. And what they've been doing in the past is no longer working and they've got to do something but they don't know what it is and they're lost but they also have the predicament of if they tell anybody well then they're the instigator of the collapse and so it is an internal right. struggle and so i set it up so that the contact form is confidential it goes straight to my email account and no one else reads it and uh, and then we start a uh, a confidential conversation, and one in which I try to create an environment where he feels like there's at least one person he can take the chance on talking to and opening up about. And as you know, it's that opening up that little crevice of an opportunity that begins a journey of recovery.
1: Well, and I get that, and that's what I love so much about what you're doing. You're, you're an easy person to approach. Your coaching is based on strengths and curiosity. Yes. And, Rebecca, I know that for you, your main mission is for women not to feel like they're crazy and not to feel like they're alone. You're there and your blogs are there to help them realize that this is epidemic in the world and that partners don't have to isolate. They can um, find resources. So tell us a little bit about your blogs.
0: Yes, yeah, well I, um, like you said, my main goal is for women to hear you're not crazy. I have an amazing therapist and that was like the most profound thing she could say to me on our first meeting was, you're not crazy. Like I did, I'm like, oh my gosh, how did she know that I was feeling like I was crazy? Because that's what betrayal mm-hmm. trauma does to you, right? And so, um, I've, I've taken that, um, that, you know, while I'm working on my academics to finish my degree, I, uh, because I want to be a therapist to help people through betrayal trauma as well. But, um, in the meantime, I can write the blogs and I, and I want to validate her and let her know you're not crazy. And, you know, most importantly, like you said, you're not alone. Um, you know, this is, it is It is a struggle, but it is also a beautiful journey and I want you to I want to educate you and teach you you know why why your body is shaking all the time in this moment, why you can't digest food, why you can't find sleep. And, you know, and and in that process, I want her to, you know, I talk about things that have worked for me because I couldn't have my therapist on the phone twenty four seven. So what I what you know what I did is I researched what worked for me, and and you know I found sleep meditations, you know, um, a cup of lavender tea or chamomile tea, and and but I, I encourage her to go find what works for her because the biggest Part, or one of the most painful parts of betrayal trauma is losing your ability to trust and know yourself. Because if you can't trust your safe person, who can you trust? And You can't trust yourself to know that you couldn't trust your safe person? You know, it, it's just so I want her to take those little steps to start building back her trust in herself because I feel like that is the – that is the, the, the key to building back the trust in everything else. Because in the beginning, everything is unsafe. And I want her to feel safe. You know,
1: on my website, you're going to have to take a look. There is uh, under the, I think, resources tab, a three-and-a-half-minute video on how unsafe a partner feels. And the mm-hmm. fact that she not only does she doubt reality, but she doubts herself. And there's nothing worse than when you, as a human being, doubt your own sanity. And that's why I love that your main mission is to help women know they're not crazy. That's um, so important. And sounds like you do a good job, and your blogs do a good job.
0: So, mm-hmm. and again,
1: they can read those blogs um, by going to Oak. Mountaincoaching.com, and you can take a test for the sex addict to determine do you have some compulsivity. Um, so I want to ask you guys, as we begin to wrap up the show, what would you like our listening audience to know?
0: Hmm. Hmm. I feel like recovery is a beautiful thing if you if you give it a chance if you. If you turn off autopilot and you start living your life with intention and that there there is hope and there is like we have a better relationship now than we've ever had and there's hope for you if if we could get through what we got through you can get through it too and it's just it, it takes effort it's hard and it takes time but you can do it and well, that's
2: good I would go back to what you were saying when we first started talking Gerald is that I um, Sex addicts, they try and try and try on their own to solve it. And actually, I believe that trying to solve this problem on their own actually feeds the disease. And what they really need to do is take that risk, take that chance, and reach out and make contact. Because that's the first Mm -hmm. thing. As scary As it is, and and I know that feeling, I've been there, uh, of actually making a phone call or sending an email, I know that it feels like you are opening yourself up to complete vulnerability and you no longer have control of the circumstances after you've done that. But if you can find a person, a person like me or someone in your community any of, the, uh, any of the support groups or counselors, um, those are people that you can trust and ask questions and, and, and understand what's going on inside because it is a disorder. It is a disease. And when you work on it, it's something that you can recover from.
1: Oh, I believe that wholeheartedly. So now I'm going to challenge you to, um, when you get your counseling degree, Rebecca, uh, and I think you have to be licensed, but you might consider ITAP that certified sex addiction therapists because they have a partner trauma program. I think you have to do both. At APSAT, you don't. You can become a recovery coach to partners. Same with you. <laughs> I'm always pushing APSAT. And, and, and I, I love my folks at ITAP, too. Um, because you could be, now that you're a recovery coach, you could be out there getting your APSATS degree. And what I'm suggesting to them right now is we need a program at APSATS that trains coaches to teach relational skills to the men of these partners. Absolutely. And that's just a whole new facet. I know we're just we're at the... You know, this is epidemic, but we are pioneers in this field. So the yeah. more creative, the better. Right?
2: Exactly. Great idea. <laughs> I agree.
1: Yeah, you reached out to me. Now I'm reaching out to you to take it that next level and meet more people that need your services, both of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Again, I want to remind people that if you want to find out more about Tony Glevins and Rebecca, that you can go to Oak Mountain Coaching and check out their website. They recommend books. Did I see Unleashing Your Power on that
0: website? You, um, I have you linked in there. It's in my uh my Why Wasn't I Enough blog. I have you
1: linked. Very good.
0: <laughs> Very good. I'm looking at my You're book and go, where's
1: the power? <laughs> But
0: again,
1: I didn't know in a I thought, group. I, <laughs> I thought you know not everybody has to like that book, but I did. I said, "Wow, you've got a lot of resources here." I mean, if you want to find out the best books, you've got to hit their website and take that test and read their blogs and take a look at their services. I I don't think Rebecca, you offer services per se right now, right? It's really just Tony who does the recoaching? Correct.
0: Re- Correct. Yeah, I don't okay. want to mis- sure. mislead No, my therapist is like, please get your coaching cert- certification. Please get your coach so we can do this. <laughs> like, get your degree, but do that now. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll work on that.
1: <laughs> so, yes, well, you not know, yet. I start with Stephenson, the president of APSATS, the founding president, and she talked about this program for partners, and I thought, yeah, I want to do that. And eventually I did. And now I train clinicians and coaches all over the world. So be careful what you think about because it will happen for you, too. I can tell you're a dynamic duo. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank
2: you for asking, Carol. Yeah.
1: And all your work. Yeah. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, we'll catch up when you write your next book or you um, start a group. Tony, (laughs) and one of those fabulous organizations, ITAP or APSAP, and we'll talk soon. You guys make it a day. You're making a difference
2: for sure. uh, are the ones who push me to do more and better things. So I am taking that, and I'm going to be working on it. So thank you very much, Carol.
1: Well, you're welcome. You know, Tony, I'm a coach, too, so that's what my job is, is to to take people and actualize their potential. And you guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you, girl. Bye-bye. All right. See you soon. So that was Tony and Rebecca, and they are making a difference in the world. I've got a lot of positive energy. It's always so much fun to watch couples in this field grow together and, and help our community out. Well, that's it for me. I am sorry I had that coughing attack. I had COVID about five weeks ago. It was just a horrible head cold. But this cough just hangs on. It just is there to remind me how lucky I was that it was only a head cold, right? So as I say at the end of every show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, there will only be one of you at all times, and I fearlessly want you to be yourself. And you know what I'm doing? I've got to tell you, I am, I've got the privilege now of training beginning CSATs. Those are certified sexually addictive therapists all about empathy. I start in two weeks. And so, you know, life is so good when you're making a difference, but more than that, in this field, you can create something that will change the world. So make it a good day and think about how you can give back, even if you're having trouble with your recovery. You may figure out something that you can pay it forward um, hundreds and thousands of times in the future. We'll see you next week for more sex help with Carol the Coach. Have a great week.